0: Today, the third Sunday of Advent, the candle will be lighted that represents joy, the shepherd's joy, as they saw the star in the east. Listen to the scripture reading from Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 through 10, that reveals the good news of the love of God revealed to the world. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth, shall see the salvation of our God. We light this candle today in preparation for the coming of Christ.
1: For the believer, Advent is not only a season of joy, but it's a wake-up call. Scriptures tell us to awake and be vigilant. For God has come among us in time, word has become flesh, and invites us to receive him. To a secular society, this season points to a holiday. To the believer, Advent calls for penitence. In the midst of the joy of this season, Advent needs to awaken our need to create a place for the one who is to come. How can we welcome him who comes to save us? If we don't acknowledge our need to be saved. So let us heed the call to repentance so that our thirst for God is reawakened and we're ready to receive him. Join with me together as we repray the penitential aspect of our Christmas message and preparation and confess our sins. Before the Lord and one another. Come into our emptiness, God. We feel empty because we have shut you out of our lives. Break through the pretensions, Holy One. We pray to be powerful because we have not gained the peace that is available deep within when you dwell within us. I heart rumbling and complaining. We are impatient because we have focused on things, not you. Enter our lives with the forgiveness you have promised to all who are truly sorry for for their unfaithfulness. Release us from our self-created prisons. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ has come to us and through us to forgive us and to live in our world. Our confession brings Christ to birth once again in our lives. Thus, we can once again firm, friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Take those wonderful words, historic in the affirmation of our faith through the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty from thence to come to judge the quick and the dead I believe in the Holy Ghost the holy catholic church the union of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting Amen on this wonderful Christmas season, let's greet one another in the spirit of our Lord.
2: good morning (laughs) we welcome you to worship here on the third sunday of advent here at church of the palms we continue our journey closer and closer to bethlehem we hope that you will find all kinds of ways by which you can continue in that journey with us throughout the course of each week as we lead up to christmas eve we invite you to fill out the friendship pads which are in the pews and pass those along to your neighbor maybe the next step in your christmas journey is to Continue the conversation you just started uh, Perhaps with a new friend and let them know that uh, they are welcome here at Church of the Palms we invite you to go out underneath the tree and Enjoy some time under there with some fellowship and and some continued conversation We uh, just want to highlight a couple of things for you to keep in mind uh, As we get close to Christmas Eve this coming Friday night Sarasota young voices We'll be performing a concert here in the sanctuary, and it will be filled with the greatest Christmas music you're ever gonna hear. So we invite you to come and be a part of that at seven o'clock uh, this Friday night. And then Saturday night, we continue in our tradition in the our longest night service. As we all know that December 21st or thereabouts is the longest night of the year. But it's also, it also, gives us the chance to provide worship for those for whom Christmas is maybe the hardest season of the year due to uh, a loss or due to a certain darkness in their life. And we invite you to come if that's your journey or even if it's not to join us at six o'clock for a nice quiet reflective service uh, that we're be reminded of the light that does shine in the darkness. And then of course on Christmas Eve, uh, we will be having um, uh, services from, I think six in the morning until No, if you're a sanctuary worshiper and love the traditional candlelight, it's easy to remember, five, seven, nine, eleven, 11 is our worship. At five o'clock, we'll have our family service where uh, lots of kids will be a part of the service and it's a great time. 7 nine, eleven are our traditional candlelight services. And then our garden worship will be at 6.30 that same night and that will be a modern worship that we invite you to be a part of as well. I'd like to invite our newest members to come forward so that they can be received into membership here at Church of the Palms. Come on up here. Keep on coming. There we go. And as you get here, turn around and face those wonderful people out there. Okay. Okay. Now we got them way over there, and now they're, okay. Why don't you move a little bit this way now? (coughs) So everybody gets a chance to see you. Wonderful. As I call your name, would you mind just raising your hand? These folks joined our church as early as this morning at 8.30. The session met to receive them into membership. And so as I call your name, wave. And you'll see their picture in our bulletin next week um, as uh, we continue in our reception of them. Dan and Marge Barbeau. There we are right in front. Larry and Martha Bellos, way over the end there. Patrick and Sue Curry, right over here. David DeMaine, there he is over there. Marianne Hartley, right over there. Joan Lynch, way at the end there. Bill and Faith Reynolds, over here. Cynthia Sunderland, wonderful. I think that's everybody. We, uh, You can turn now and face me sorry about that (laughs) we are delighted that you have taken this step with us as we come together uh, around a common mission of equipping disciples for the service of Christ we hope that not only will we get to know you by name and face but also to rub shoulders with you and our common mission to serve Jesus Christ and I invite you to respond to these questions as you become our newest members here at Church of the Palms who is your Lord and Savior Do you trust in him do you intend to be his disciple to obey his word and to show his love will you be a faithful member of this congregation giving of yourself in every way and will you seek the fellowship of the church wherever you may be we are delighted that you have publicly affirmed your faith in jesus christ and are now a part of our life here at church of the palms And we look forward to our work together with you as we seek to be a difference in the world and shine the light of christ in the world so we are grateful for that opportunity let us pray lord we thank you for these good people and grateful for their life with us already and for their continued life with us as they take this step and pray your blessing upon them as they continue down this path together that we may come to know them even more in our common mission that their gifts will be greatly used through your holy spirit for the sake of a world that yearns to know that god so loves them this we pray in christ's name amen we re- welcome these people into our membership
3: God, the King, and peace to men.
4: Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this Advent season. We give you thanks that at Christmas we find it easier to see as children see. Let us anticipate the joy of celebrating Jesus' birth as you become Emmanuel, God with us. Help us to seek far deeper and to discover the joy of your love for us. Let that joy sustain us through days of loss, struggle, fear, and affliction, we pray. Bless this community of Church of the Palms as we even welcome new family members to our fold. Let our Christmas activities be a witness to your grace and may they draw us to your salvation. Bless our worship in these coming weeks. Use us to care for your people, we pray. Be with those who are not well, and give them your healing grace, we pray. Be with those who are far from home, particularly we remember this day those in mission service and those who serve in the military. We continue, O God, to, to thank you for Nelson Mandela and what he had come to mean for your people in Africa and all around us. We bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, Now, we worship God through our giving. i so- Let us pray. Our dearest God, you show us that you love us in many ways each day. In this moment in worship, we want to show you that we love you. Accept these offerings for we bring to you with our humble joy in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Please be seated.
2: this past spring, uh, our congregation was able to participate in a great gift giving that we're not sure we had the chance to amply celebrate. And I'd like to invite Jan Hunt to come forward to share with you a little bit about something that happened a few months ago, but we're grateful to have Gabriel DeGaia here to uh, be able to present this gift, so.
5: Good morning. I would like to take you all back to last spring, during our Lenten season, when I shared with you a very special dream that I truly felt God had presented to me and placed upon my heart. I shared with you the mission of telling the story of our risen Lord in Christ with a group of people in Nigeria, a group of over 130,000 people who had never heard or seen the story of our Lord and Savior translated for them in their heart language. The question then became, how could we do this? We here at Church of the Palms could partner with Campus Crusade and sponsor a translation and production of the Jesus film. It would require a large financial commitment. And so our journey together began. We all prayerfully considered the importance our Bibles have in our lives, how crucial it is to tell this story above all other stories, to share the good news of the Gospel, and to consider what our contributions might be as we moved forward in this mission together as a congregation. Our Bible tells us that with God all things are possible. Over the last 10 months, we have been stirred by His presence. He has moved in our lives so that once again, we can see the fulfillment of His promises. Through your desire to share the gospel and your generous gifts, we have raised enough funds not to sponsor one film, but to sponsor two films. Between these two groups of people, approximately 235,000 people will have the opportunity to hear and see the story of our Lord and Savior. They will have the opportunity to accept Him as the Lord of their lives. Last week Jennifer Clifton spoke to you about how her family chose to have a global impact for Christ we too now have this very same opportunity with the Jesus films. In fact, the work on the films has already begun. We are truly giving a gift that these two groups of people will hopefully cherish as much as we cherish this story. One that can and hopefully will change their lives together. At this time, I would like to invite Ren Kamfeis, Phil Goodell, and Gabriel Deguia, so that on behalf of Church of the Palms, our mission committee, and especially all of you, we would like to present a check for $57,000 to Campus Crusade for the translation of the film for these two people groups in Nigeria. Praise God, for he surely has done wondrous things.
6: Praise God and and Merry Christmas. (laughs) What a great gift this will be under our tree. And uh, we are just so honored to be able to partner with you in reaching the Gizm and Rukuba people of Nigeria and to do so in their own language for the first time. So we are just so grateful. I'm, I don't think there's a better gift than to see God speak t- to us, speak to you, to have you hear him in this mission, in this calling, and to respond in faith and to see it come to fruition. And so we're grateful for this gift, for, um, for what we will be accomplishing. And I look forward to coming back and, and informing you on how this is transpiring um, to reach these people in Nigeria. So thank you so much. And um, God bless you.
2: Thank you so much. We'd like to invite uh, Lori Haas down with the children. All the children are invited to come forward for our children's message.
7: Good morning. Great job lighting that candle today for the first time. Awesome. Thanks, Cooper. Good morning, good morning. So we are at the third Sunday in Advent. That means something's coming right around the corner. Whew. Any clues? Mm-hmm. Good morning, good morning. So the first Sunday of Advent, we lit the faith candle, and we learned that if we had... A faith like Mary's, we'd be in good shape because nothing is impossible with God. The second week, we lit the hope candle. Excellent job, Gavin. We lit the hope candle because if we let the light of Christ shine through us, we can give hope to others in this dark world. Third candle today, it's the love candle, the easiest candle of all. And you know why? Because God is love. But you have to have an example. If you had these two presents, this beautifully wrapped gift, nice, right? Or this one in the brown paper and the string, which one are you going to pick? Really? Anybody want the, like, really nice one? Anyone at all? Thank you. I think (laughs) a lot of times we kind of want this really bright, shiny one, don't we? Because we think that. The best gifts of all are wrapped all beautifully, when in reality, the best gift of all came from God, and it didn't come in a bright, shiny package. He gave us his son, Jesus. Think about Jesus' mom. What was her name? What was it? It was Mary, right. Mary was a young Jewish girl. Nothing too fancy about her. His earthly father, what was his name? Yeah, yeah, what was it? Joseph, Joseph, right. Joseph, poor carpenter, nothing fancy about him. And then Jesus, of course, was born in a beautiful castle, right? With kings and queens and no, he was born in a stinking stable. They actually put him in a feeding trough where they feed animals. Not fancy at all but the greatest gift that we will ever receive because it is the gift of salvation. It is the gift of a love that lasts forever. Unfortunately, a lot of us are chasing after the worldly things that are all bright and shiny when God has the best thing for each one of us. Remember this, the best gift at Christmas and every single day is wrapped in love, God's love. Will you pray with me gracious god we thank you for sending your son to love us to show us how to love to give us the gift of eternal life in jesus name we pray amen let's go
2: seated. Just a couple of comments before reading the scripture this morning. It has uh, been a most remarkable year here at Church of the Palms, and God has blessed us with a great ministry team of staff and lay leaders. We have been seeing a rising number of volunteers to carry out a myriad of ministries, and we have been blessed perhaps most of all with an eagerness on the part of so many to care for a hurting world. The presentation this morning that we made to our partners with the Jesus film is just one example of how we have gone over and beyond to reach out to a hurting and hungry world with the good news. Included in those efforts are things like day of hope in the summer where we cared for 150 homeless families, getting them ready for school, our youth mission trip to Nicaragua, a great response to our food pantry appeal over $35,000 alone just to that our immediate response to the, uh, typhoon in the Philippines. All that is just wonderful news. And we have responded so well to our designated appeals. The challenging news uh, in light of that is that we are anticipating a $60,000 deficit in our operating budget by the end of the year. Our prayer is that many of you are waiting to these last couple weeks to give your remaining gifts, or that you are in prayer to go an extra measure beyond what you have already given by the end of the year. We have a big step to make before the end of this year so regardless we ask you to be in prayer about this anticipated shortfall and what role you might help us help in helping us to avoid it and while you're praying you have seen the information in the bulletin about our pledging response for 2014 the goal we've laid before the congregation is a goal that will allow us to continue of course in our mission partnerships and as well keeping our staff and ministries moving forward in our effort to serve sarasota and the larger community We are just about alarmingly $300,000 short of that mark. The session will be awaiting our responses as it considers how to move forward into the next year. If you haven't yet made a pledge, we ask that you do so. Pledge cards are back there on the little pillars before you walk out the door. And if you want to change your pledge, that's okay too. We will take that information as well. Regardless, we invite you to consider that as you move into the new year Bottom line is Church of the Palms has a great heart for the community and for the world as we have seen so often throughout the course of this year and we want to make sure that all we do Will help us to move forward in our effort to equip disciples for the service of Christ Now moving on to our scripture lesson this morning We are uh, continuing in our series on Isaiah chapter 35 today as we reflect upon these prophecies of Isaiah as they help us to anticipate the birth of the Messiah. And today we are in verses 1 through 10 of chapter 35. Hear the word of God. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad and the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are a fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. He will come and save you. And The eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy, for water shall break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackal shall become a swamp, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there, and it shall be called the holy way. The unclean shall not travel on it, but it shall be for God's people. No traveler, not even fool, shall go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace and through your mercy, O Lord, we ask that these words to come will simply point to the word just read into the word made flesh, that we may know what it means to follow him. We ask it in Christ's name, amen. You may recall the story of the little boy who was racing around the house while his mother was getting ready for a dinner guest. He was making a mess here and a mess there. His mom was always having to stop what she was doing to clean up after him, and she was just about at her limit. It was just then, that the little boy on his way out of the house ran past the beautifully set dining room table and with his belt buckle caught hold of the lace tablecloth and pulled it and everything off it with an unceremonious crash. The mother lost it. She chased after her son out the door, watched him climb underneath the porch. She was just about ready to go in after him when she realized that guests would be coming soon and decided to leave that for her husband to deal with. When her husband came home, the mom told him of all that the boy had done that day and how the icing on the cake was this yanking of the tablecloth and that he'd better get out there and talk to his son. So the father went out and got down on his hands and knees and started crawling underneath the porch. Way in the back were two little eyes just staring at him. So he kept crawling toward the son when he finally heard his little boy say, is she after you too? That story brings to mind my own little is she after you too story. It happened at Christmas time. I was around 10 or 11 and I had noticed underneath our Christmas tree a five pound bag of birdseed. Someone had given to my father as a white elephant gift, a five pound bag of birdseed. Well, we didn't have a bird. But my best friend Richard Norris did, so I picked up that bag of birdseed and went found my mother and asked her if I could take the birdseed over to Richard Norris's house so that he could use it for their birds. Sure, she said, of course. Now my mother had just finished cleaning the house for the imminent arrival of my grandparents. So excited was I that I could take this bird to my friend's house that I began to swing the birdseed in its plastic bag around and around. I was standing in a hallway next to about five different rooms, and you know what happened. The bag broke and I became a human birdseed spreader. (laughs) I did this right in front of my mother. My mother who had just finished cleaning the house. My mother who was expecting the visit of family. My mother who took great pride in a spotless home. I had never before seen the look on her face as I was now seeing. I had never seen or heard the tone in her voice as I was now now hearing. My life flashed in front of my eyes. (laughs) She pointed me to the vacuum cleaner and told me that if every last piece of birdseed was not picked up from the five rooms into which I had spread it, I might wish for the wrath of God over the wrath that was in store for me from her. Now I can only imagine in the craziness of what we call Christmas time a scene like that is not necessarily a rarity. Just make your way to a crowded shopping mall or a crowded airport or a crowded restaurant and you will likely find some frayed nerves and some stressed pilgrims. Doesn't take much for tempers to flare and for emotions to show. Now for me the human birdseed spreader I am blessed to be able to say that the emotion and anger I was experiencing from my mother was an exception. It was an aberration. It was something I had never seen before. And so it didn't completely surprise me when a few minutes later as I was electroluxing every nook and cranny in every room seeking to skirt the imminent doom that was promised, It didn't completely surprise me when my mother came back and saw the tears in my eyes and said, it's all right. You know, I love you. It's just that I had worked so hard. I'm sorry. And she got down on her knees and with me, we picked up birdseed together. You see, I was fortunate to live in what I would call a nevertheless home. nevertheless home is a home when as a child you can mess up you can disappoint you cannot meet expectations you can you can spread birdseed throughout the house you can be a kid and do kid like stupid things nevertheless you are still going to be loved you will still be cherished you will still be prized as the greatest the family of four boys Can drive a mom and dad crazy and yet nevertheless we knew that there was nothing we could do that would ever cause them to withdraw their love. Now I say that knowing that not every home is that way. Some of you grew up in homes where love was conditional, where tempers were not the exception, where value was tied to performance where abuse tragically was the primary language. In many homes there is not a nevertheless. So in light of this perhaps it is good for us to be this morning in the 35th chapter of the book of Isaiah. As we've been learning, Isaiah is the oracle of the prophet who is speaking to Israel around the heartbreaking time of the siege and sacking of Jerusalem at the hands of the Babylonians. And for the first 33, 34 chapters, some would call it 1st Isaiah, the message that ushers forth from the prophet is a message of warning and doom. Israel warns the people that the wrath of God is imminent. Israel has displeased the Lord and the result will be disastrous. of their homeland. They will be dragged from their homes, displaced for generations. The first section of Isaiah doesn't have much good news. They have displeased. They have disappointed. They have not measured up to expectations. Bad things are going to happen, and sure enough, Israel is sacked, and the people are dragged from their homes, and the promised land seems to hold no promise anymore. Then comes chapter 35. And in chapter 35, suddenly we hear a new voice. In in chapter 35, a new movement begins. In chapter 35, a new message is proclaimed. Yes, Israel, you have displeased. Yes, you have disappointed. Yes, you are paying for your sins. Yes, Israel, the worst has happened. And God has allowed you to pay the price for your folly. Yet, nevertheless... The day is coming when wilderness and dry land shall be glad and the desert rejoice and blossom. The day will come when they shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our God. The ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. God is not giving up. Israel. God is not holding your sins against you, Israel. God is not abandoning you to endless captivity. All of a sudden, Israel hears that that God is a nevertheless God. God, yes, you have disappointed, he says, you have displeased, you have been foolish, yet nevertheless, I will not withhold my love. Nevertheless, I will not forget you, he says. Nevertheless, I I will deliver you from your folly. You see, the joy of which the prophet speaks is a joy that comes from knowing that God is a nevertheless God. Joy comes in knowing that though we do enough things to mess up, mess ourselves up, mess the world up, joy comes in knowing that God's ultimate word to us is nevertheless. Nevertheless, I will love you. Nevertheless, I will save you. Nevertheless, I will forgive you. There is nothing we can do to keep God from saying, "Nevertheless." Remember that scene in, in Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, where Reverend Easter Scrooge is taken on his tour by the three spirits. And and the second spirit, the spirit of Christmas present, takes him to the home of his nephew who is with his friends and family and enjoying the Christmas feast. And, And everybody in the room, not aware that Scrooge is listening and watching, gets talking about the old crotchety Scrooge, laughing at his miserly humbug ways and how the pathetic old man can't seem to find any ounce of mirth for the holiday. But the nephew The nephew won't quite join in. The the nephew who who makes it his practice every year to stop by and wish the old humbug a Merry Christmas and invite him to his home for the feast. The, The nephew who sees the old uncle as maybe perhaps already paying for his own folly The nephew who sees the old uncle as something different than the rest of the assembled finally raises his glass and offers a toast. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, whatever he is, he says. He wouldn't take it from me, but may he have it nevertheless. May he have it. Nevertheless, to hear the voice of the nephew is for Scrooge, his Isaiah 35. The joy of discovering that despite himself, he is loved nevertheless. You see, there's a lot that gets said about how you're supposed to feel at Christmas time. There's a lot of talk about holly and jolly and merry and happy and peace and goodwill. And and all of it is what we would hope, not just for ourselves, but for those whom we love. But but, but holly and jolly and merry and happy seem so much to be tied to the circumstances of our lives. The shifting fortunes of life that can either make us very, very happy or very, very sad. Hard to wish a holly jolly Christmas to someone who's just lost their spouse or lost their job or lost their health. And that's why it's so important for us to hear the greeting of the prophet who wishes us something very different. He wishes us joy. And joy is not holly or merry or happy joy is something else joy is knowing of god's nevertheless joy is when you come to know that you're a child of god and god will never stop saying nevertheless to you that though life and folly may lead you to the wrong places though circumstances may have your mind and heart in the shadows joy is when you know that despite it all god's word to you is Nevertheless, nevertheless, you're loved. Nevertheless, salvation will come. Nevertheless, the glory of the Lord will someday be revealed. Might we call it, might we call it the mistletoe that the angels hang over the weary world? that despite the craziness we tend to inflict upon ourselves and others, God, God hangs this mistletoe over creation and says, nevertheless, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Richard Selzer, a plastic surgeon, tells the story of a patient whose surgery under his hand did not go as planned the result being a, a nerve in her face mistakenly severed and her mouth unable to now straighten Selzer recounts the moment at her bedside along with her husband on the other side when he has to deliver this bad news after he does the young woman speaks will my mouth always be like this she asks yes he says it will it's because the nerve was cut she nods and is silent but then the young man her husband on the other side smiles i like it he says it's kind of cute and then dr selzer notices the man bending to kiss her crooked mouth and as he does he can see The young man bend his lips to accommodate hers, just to show her that their kiss still works. Nevertheless, that's where the joy is, isn't it? It's under the mistletoe. The word that comes from the heavens that despite all that has gone on, despite all that we have done to tax the patience of the creator, despite how far we flung the seed, the word still hangs over us. Nevertheless, just to show that our kiss still works.